back to another episode of the Think Right Podcast. We're your hosts, Bria and Tor, here to help lighten the load as you learn about the law. Think Ripe exists to deliver legal and civic education resources that are easy to access, easy to understand, and easy to apply. Our digital database houses an extensive collection of resources, but our podcast is all about action. Each conversation is designed to, one, educate you about public law, two, equip you with practical tools and new perspectives that ultimately encourage you to, three, engage in your community. Because let's face it, the laws apply to everyone, whether we actually learn them or not, which is why we're bringing you real stories from public servants all across the nation to help you and I navigate the divide. Law school has its benefits, but you shouldn't have to break the bank just to know the basics. So buckle up, put the books away. We're back with another bite-sized bit of legal education. You're listening to Think Right. Class is now in session. Today, we're going to be talking about civic duty and voting with our guest, Mr. Kelly Botchway. Before we dive into his background and story, we want to give you guys a high-level overview, a bite-sized big of the big picture, um, so that you know what we're talking about and so that you feel oriented to the conversation as we dive in and learn more about civic engagement and voting from um, Kingsley. So with that in mind, I'll just share a little bit of, of your background. Kingsley Botchway II is the Chief Officer of Human Resources and Equity for Waterloo, Waterloo Community Schools in Waterloo, Iowa. And through his work in the community, he served on many boards and commissions, including five years on the Iowa City Council and how I met you and knew you as Mayor Pro Temp. Um, Kingsley went to the University of Iowa where he received his JD and also has a background in uh, criminology and undergraduate degree from the University of South Carolina. So obviously well accomplished, but we um, brought you here and want to hear from you because you are one of the people who's seen, you know, face-to-face community engagement, who's been on the ground doing the work. Um, And I think as we get into discussions about civic engagement and voting and the role that the public can play in their local communities and kind of at a more um, statewide or national level, I think it's more beneficial to hear from people who have done community work rather than just Tor and I kind of thinking out loud. So I'll leave it to you to share a little bit about the community involvement that you've been up to lately, um, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, and so appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Bria and Tor, for uh, just giving us uh, just time to talk about things that I've always been passionate about. You know, what I didn't share in my bio in our prior conversations, one of the things that when I got to Iowa, just because I've never been to Iowa previously, I was a I'm still a Southern boy, and so it was just a different um, different environment to come into outside of just being cold. Um, I actually started the volunteerism initiative um, in Iowa law when I first got there because I wanted to like, teach GED classes and do other things in relation to getting out in my community. And so when that happened, it actually was a really good nexus into uh, a more community engagement and in regards to stepping outside of those law school doors mm-hmm. and wanting that change at a greater level. So once I left law school, and always been a part of those conversations in some way, shape, or form, and connecting with folks. And, and when it comes to civic duty and civic engagement, it's it's such an important task. You know, I think you know just to be frank, in my years in South Carolina when I was in college, there's a year there 
um, during whatever election it was, I did not vote. Uh, I just didn't believe in it. And I saw it as an opportunity to get some extra sleep at the time. I actually remember where I was uh, at the time. We knew I was in the, uh, my, my dorm room sleeping um, because I didn't think it played a role in anything that I had to deal with. And I think more so now, people are more engaged. Younger people are more engaged just because it's more prevalent, not only in social media, but obviously just the media in general. However, I don't necessarily know that our, our folks or people in general have really unlocked how much civic engagement means to you, not only necessarily at the federal level, but definitely at the local level. I always tell uh, our students, especially when I talk to them about this, that you know, when, when you live in a particular city and live in a particular area, I ask, I ask people to have a blank canvas as far as what they want to create and do um, in, in their situation or around their community, because you can do a lot of things if you have some time and you have some wherewithal to focus on and get through some barriers uh, in relation to, you know, just the, just the community that you're in. Um, you know, in Waterloo, there's an interesting dynamic, uh, an unfortunate dynamic around, you know, the east and west side and the black and white side, so to speak. And, you know, recently, a couple of years ago, there was a article that came out uh, from Wall Street um, that said that Waterloo, Cedar Falls area is one of the worst places to live for African-Americans. And what happens as it normally does, and sometimes in community engagement, I'm sure y'all are aware of it as well, we, you know, a bunch of conversations happen. And so we all sat down and talked in multiple meetings, multiple evenings, some with food, some with not. And I just got tired um, of talking. And I think it was part of my, part of me knowing and being a part of city council before that I know that you know, wheels can be greased in certain ways faster if you have these type of conversations with certain folks. Um, but then the other part of it was, while civic engagement is so important to ensure that the barriers that you're trying to overcome are so much easier, it's also incumbent upon you not to just be a part of the campaign. And then once somebody's in office, do yep. nothing. Yep. For us, you know, it, as you, if you can talk to Mayor Hart, Mayor Hart's our African-American mayor, he's phenomenal. Um, it's not a do nothing approach. He knows that I'm always gonna attack it. Uh, obviously I'm supportive of him from his campaign standpoint, but you know, I talk to him on a regular basis. I would call him right now and just say, hey, I got this idea. We got to move forward on it. What do you think? Hey, Kingsley, I can do this, that, and the other. And then we figure it out. Um, I really appreciate his perspective because it's very similar to my perspective about how local government should work. You don't have all the answers. So people can step in and step up into greater initiatives, greater situations, as long as you have the opportunities. But long story short, we, there's a number of uh, Black individuals in the area that came together, including myself, to found 24-7 Black. And what it's focused on is, again, uh, financial um, building, generational wealth for African-Americans. It's focused on um, really just having those tough conversations that systemic, in systemic inequities have really put us uh, in problematic situations and how to overcome those. Mm -hmm. And what we're excited about is the incubator that we've, we've accomplished as far as how are we supporting and um, promoting Black businesses in this area. And, and I want Black Wall Street in, in Waterloo. Yeah. I've been unashamed about talking about that. That's what I want. I want more minority women business owners um, right now. So that's all I'm focused on. I'm not interested in anything else. That's <laughs> about and that's what's exciting about this proposal and so when you do the work of civic engagement it's and I'll, I'll close because I'm really more interested in the questions but it's not just about campaigning I mean I've door knocked most of the doors in Iowa City when I was a city council member and that helps 
but it was a part of the conversation and taking those ideas when I door knocked and saying, hey, I'm going to transform that into policy. I'm going to transform that into action. And I had people that stuck and stayed after the campaign to make sure that happened. So they could hold me accountable. Um, and obviously the community would hold me accountable through the voting process. But that's why it's so important. And when we don't have that, when we allow for us to um, not focus on those ends and not get to the results um, and not focus on the inequities, then we just have a cyclical process, which to me is just boring and not fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said a lot of things that I'm just nodding my head on that I agree <laughs> and I'm excited for, you know, the work that you're doing specifically in Waterloo. Um, one of the things you said earlier on was along the lines of people don't really understand how important local government is. Mm -hmm. And also later, um, you said just um, how people kind of walk away after the campaign or not, don't really know what to do. And then both of those kind of ideas play into the first question I have for you, which is, is what are some public misconceptions about civic in engagement or other political processes like voting? And, um, you know, where, where do those disconnects come from? You know, in Iowa, especially, and I think in some other states, it, you know, I think there's a, voting is hard. It's not. It's, it's really, really easy. And then and one of the other roles I had prior to working for the school district, I used to be the, uh, elections director for um, Johnson County. And so I've been in the, the inner workings of an election department. Uh, I was in charge of it for about four years, I guess. And, so, you know, it's, it's really simple. It's really easy. Um, now I know there's other things across the country that have made it harder for people to vote in general. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say anything about that. I am just trying to say once you get your voter registration and things along those lines done, it really is easy. You saw some of that in Georgia, how you know, people galvanizing people just to register to vote makes that process really easy. The other thing is, is that you can, I voted um, in the comfort of my own home. You know, I didn't want to go out, didn't feel like it was uh, appropriate for me to do so, even though I know they had safety measures in place. I just um, did it, um, having, a, having it go to me at home and was able to send that back in. I'm a little paranoid, so I actually drove it to a box and dropped it off. But there's things in place that they can track your ballot. You can look at your ballot in real time. And so all those things are, I think, misconceptions about the voting process in general. The other piece is, is that there is, I just decided to do it. You know, I think that there's this misconception that you have to have a certain level of experience or a certain level of backing but once you start door knocking, once you start talking to people at their homes and asking them about the issues that are ever apparent in their lives and impaired in yours, I got the backing, you know, and then people started supporting me that didn't support me initially. Yeah, there's some barriers when you don't have those institutional frameworks set up for you to, to do it. But again, if you're willing to, I lost a lot of weight that time, going <laughs> to walk and exercise and you know, I put some Under Armour on and I was just walking around, you know, it, it helps. And I think that's, that's a part of what we don't know about local politics that is so transformative. It's different from federal government because you know even at the state level, they can turn their emails off or they can put their, their, their phones on voicemail. At the local level, you see those people in the street. You see those people at your grocery store. They can't get away from you and you have to be respectful. But I always felt like that was such a interesting dynamic that you know at a local level, I can hold you accountable. I'll see you later on and say, hey, I'm gonna, I need to talk to you about what you said you were going to do and you didn't do. It. And that makes people feel uncomfortable. And I think it's too many times 
um, our misconception is we, we, we campaign for people, we assume they're going to do what we're supposed to do, and then we never make them feel uncomfortable about it. And mm -hmm. that's because then you can sit back and do nothing. Yeah, that's good. This um, kind of teased my mind then to, so hearing you um, kind of recount the stories you have of walking and being in the community and door knocking and really rolling up your sleeves and getting in there. Can you talk a little bit about the people who, um, I think there's a, a notion in our generation. So even though we're more informed and we have information, there's a disconnect between um, this individualist mindset and a community centric mindset. So even though I live in this community, I don't necessarily feel responsible for maintaining it, keeping it up. Or, and I think especially when you think about um, situations where people maybe are in town for uh, remote work or school students who are, you know, I'm just, I'm just in Iowa City, you know, for these four years and then I'm out. I don't really care about the outcomes in this city. How can you, um, or can you share a little bit about getting more invested in the community, why that's important and how to do that if, if someone is interested, but kind of doesn't know where to start? You know, I think one of the ways, there's two ways of looking at it. One is it's a resume builder. If you're able to create something um, in Iowa City or in whatever city that you're starting, especially from the school dynamic, you can potentially take that model elsewhere. And honestly, that's where I started. I was excited to do the work. I was excited to understand the community because I didn't have any type of understanding prior to, but it was also a way for me to say, hey, if I can do this here, I can probably do it anywhere. Um, especially since I'm not used to this area. And so that was part of it for me is to be a resume builder, a kind of community entrepreneur maybe in a sense and, and try to do that in that particular way. The other thing that on the other side of it, what happens when you don't necessarily engage is I remember multiple times when it was student related issues that council was just unwilling to hear and the greater community was unwilling to support. And so we have issues and I remember it was either around um, the bars or it was around um, food trucks or it was around really up and coming things that local government plays a huge role in either approving or denying. There wasn't the feeling of, hey, we should connect with the students at that level because there was a lack of engagement, because there was a very student-centric um, you know, mindset from our students, but also at the community level. There was also, if they're, if we're not, if they're not students and they're not going to stay long, we don't care what they have to say. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's all the fault of students. I think our community, unfortunately, there's a, a huge responsibility of saying, hey, you're in our community, you count as well. But I do think for our students to come here, utilize resources, be here for some um, chief in time, there is some responsibility that you should be reaching out. You should want to engage for your own benefit, but also for the benefit of others, mm -hmm. you know, those students that were important for the food truck that we actually did get through initially, um, after a while, is benefiting students in the future, is benefiting you when you may come back from Iowa game, is also benefiting the community and is a business incubator for communities when they move from the food truck to the brick and mortars. So it's, I think people don't, one thing that helped me and it just clicked, but it was a, being a part of those conversations was there's a continuum. You may not think that what you're doing here affects change, um, but it does build to something later on that is, is huge. And we wouldn't have had food trucks without student involvement, student engagement. Wow. Kind of a follow-up on, on that topic, I guess. Um, what, do you, what do you feel like is the biggest difference, um, whether it's situational or characteristic, 
between those community members who are really involved and those who are completely disengaged? Like, what do you what do you notice is just the disconnect between the two types of people? I think sometimes the disengagement comes from, you know, not necessarily seeing things that you believe that you wanted to have and get done on a basis. And, you know, I think marginalized populations are definitely affected greatly or more so than other populations in regards to that, you know, hey, you know, we're at times I know that I was voted in as like, you know, hey, he's going to be there for black people. And, you know, I, I think that some of the policies I put forward was very think was along those lines and keeping those things in mind to make sure that marginalized voices represented. But it was it was done. Like once you got me in, it was like, well, Kingsley understands all black issues and they can solve everything. And it's like, no, if anything, we want to make sure that we're showing that we're not a monolithic group and that there's multiple perspectives. So let's continue those conversations. Now, from a city council standpoint, it's incumbent upon me to reach out and continue to, to um, connect those relationships. And so I'm not saying it's on the community from that standpoint, but I think that's where the disengagement comes from. We live in a, in a society now that is so isolated at times and is so fragmented and it's like, well, that's your job now, or that's your responsibility now. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm just a talking piece. I'm just a talking head. I'm really only powerful and impactful with you. And so if I'm there by myself, um, you know, supporting different issues, but I can't say I got a thousand voting members or 2000 voting members on the side that if you don't, you know, support me in this effort, they're going to come down, either voting you out or come to the city council member and raise hell, then we have an issue. And I think that's the problem with because we have on both sides our politicians that fail to get into office to actually do the things that they said they were going to do or champion the things that they said they were going to do. There is just a, a response or lack of engagement that comes with that to say like, hey, you know what? I've, I've, I've campaigned for this person. This person didn't do anything they were saying we were going to do. And on the flip side, I think it's just the that's your job type of, type of thing that happens in the cycle. No, one. Yeah, we're getting paid for it, but it's pennies on the dollar. And I need your support in perpetuity, not just to get me to the door. This is really great. I feel like you've done an ex excellent job of kind of hitting on all the major points that we um, have highlighted in terms of issues that, that we have and see it around civic engagement, but also too, you touched on voting a little bit, which is super important. And there are a lot of misconceptions about that, which I'm so grateful that you shared. Maybe if you can take a minute um, before we wrap up to share one or two practical action-oriented tips or suggestions for folks who are saying, okay, maybe you know I can start to take the civic engagement thing seriously. What are ways, um, maybe one or two specific ways that people can get plugged into their communities to start learning about what issues are even you know kind of at hand at the time um, and to really take those first steps diving into civic engagement. Yeah, you know, everything is, um, COVID has, has entered, uh, has had really provided a sense of disruption across not only school districts, but also, you know, local governments and federal government as well. Now everything is online. And so with that, you know, I'm not even telling you to you know, have to go to a council meeting because I, I, I know those are boring. I'm saying while you're working out, pay attention to the council meeting or while you're, you know, in the bathroom, you know, have the council meeting, taking a shower, have the council meeting playing um, while you're taking a shower, just to hear some of the conversations. And then if there are issues that just like resonate with you, shoot a quick e email or, or tweet out a quick response. And normally, 
you know, because we don't get we don't get that much feedback from a city council perspective or a former city council perspective, um, we'll, we'll respond right back or we'll do something on those lines. And so that's a quick way to, you know, just change, you know, maybe you don't listen. I listen to Sam Smith in the shower. And so I'll, I'll forgo one song to listen <laughs> to me. Um, the other thing I would say that's a, a really good way of engaging, again, with virtual everything now, it changes everything. Um, sign up for a boarding commission, sign up for all of them. You know, one of the things that I didn't do prior to council was have a clear understanding of the, um, the planning and zoning process. So I wish I would have participated in the planning and zoning commission first. What happened was I was reached out to by Mayor Hayek at the time, and he put me on this diversity commission. I knew I was in law school. I applied for it. I just wanted to volunteer. That moved me into understanding a little bit more about city politics and then council. Without me applying, I would have never have done it. And I would have never been chosen by him to start. Actually, I was the chair of the commission, which was a surprise, but we were both, um, we went to the same law school. And so there was, a, there was a connection there, I guess. But you can participate in boards and commissions, even as students, even as young people, even as you know people that are just coming to the area, maybe to, um, to you know, live there for remote learning, whatever the case may be, or remote work. And that provides, a, I would actually have you to do something maybe interesting to you, but also something that may not be interesting to you because the things that are not interesting are normally the, the things that actually run the government. So planning and zoning run city government. And I wish I would have paid more attention to that. I didn't, that didn't click for me until I became mayor pro tem. And, and then you understand, hey, I really want this high rise here for student development, or I really want this particular area to have a greater diversity of restaurants. I want this, but there's zoning laws that play a role in that. And I, I just wouldn't have understood that. And it took me a while to understand it, but being on the planning and zoning commission uh, would have helped. I, I'm actually thinking about doing that here. It's a great way to get engaged. And again, with, the, with all the things that are happening, you just hear about things that other people may not necessarily be paying attention to about yeah. the things upcoming in the community. I think the other thing that it reminds me, because Tor and I talked about this previously, just kind of prepping for this conversation in general, it, it helps orient you to the specific channels and um, groups that are responsible for, you know, a given thing. So maybe you're walking to class every day and you have to cross the street that you think to yourself, man, I wish there was a stop sign or a stoplight here, but you wouldn't even know where to direct a concern like that. And you might feel like, hey, that's a trivial thing. No one would even listen to me. But as you get um, more familiar with the language and kind of the lay of the land and local politics, that um, opens up the possibility for you to be a change agent in small ways or big ways. So it's not reserved for people who see themselves um, kind of with a future in politics or want to hold political positions. It's for, you know, Sam Smith, who's walking down the street and is sick of, you know, not having a stop sign. So in the um, kind of grand scheme of things, there's a role for, for all of us to play. And I'm grateful that you've um, been able to contextualize that for us and catalyze, hopefully, what we will see as more civic engagement um, in, in local communities in Iowa and across the nation, because everything we've shared here is not exclusive, of course, to um, that region. We're so grateful. Tor, do you have anything else that you want to um, touch on? Oh, I think we covered everything we planned on, but I just, I want to emphasize, I, I love 
the ideas that you gave for staying engaged, I think like that speaks really well to our generation, even the younger generations of saying, oh, I can just listen to something quickly. I think what that teaches people is one, the issues that are going on, like you said, but also there are often organizations in charge of talking to a city council about certain issues that matter to them. And so not only am I learning, this issue is already on the table and already being talked about, but also now I know if I want to get involved, where I can go to do so, they'll have resources. And if, I, if I'm not ready for all of that, I can tweet at the people <laughs> or follow them on Instagram and I can like continue being informed by voices that I know are already doing the work. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you gave, uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of strategies within different levels of where people are at in terms of committing to community engagement. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just really appreciative of your time and your insight. And I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to speak with you today. I do want to say just one thing. We have time. One of the things that uh, I always try to leave people with is uh, uh, Michelle Obama. Um, and I, I always mess up the quote, but she's a role model of mine just because I think everything she's said has been like fire for me as far as changing my mindset and my mind, my palace around different issues. But her, her comment was in relation to, you know, please don't think that these leaders in their positions are, are smarter than you, that they deserve more. It's never been that. And that that to me has been so apparent where I've been in conversations where millions of dollars have changed hands. These people don't have experience on this. They're doing it brand new at times, or they just gotten there via nepotism or other things. You deserve to be there. And you know, my biggest, why not you? You know, if there, if you feel like there's bigger issues that you want to play, why not you? There's no reason that you shouldn't do it. And that's why I was on city council. That's why we started a business accelerator. That's why I mean, I'm moving, I want to do something differently with you know, the funding that we're having when we're, we're talking to banks and we're saying, hey, we want million dollar lines of credit because why not? Why couldn't we have time when we have these conversations? And so I think fear is a huge component and we need, maybe, we need to make sure we empower ourselves and know that it's just asking the question sometimes and putting people on notice that you know, you're not going to just, you're not going to walk away when somebody just says no initially. Yeah, that's so good. Kingsley Botchway, ladies and gentlemen, this was so good. We <laughs> are very grateful, and I hope that um, our listeners take the opportunity to engage with you um, after this conversation and beyond and reach out maybe with other questions and things like that. We'll make your information available. But thank you again for chatting with us, and um, we'll stay in touch. No problem. See you later. Have a good one. Thank you. so good. I feel like he hit on everything um, we wanted to talk about, and he really did a great job of giving a little bit about the big picture. We set out to talk a little bit more about civic engagement and voting, um, really with the goal of becoming more community-minded people to find solutions and to be active in and seeing them through. And so with that, we want to do a quick wrap-up and make sure that you guys have some takeaways that you can um, put into action. Our first takeaway is what we were generally educated about. I think Kingsley did a great job of teaching us that civic engagement is a basic element of our democracy um, and our community and specifically local politics help your community to flourish and help move it forward in the direction that um, you think is best.
Kingsley also gave us some really great strategies that we can implement at any level of civic engagement, whether we are just getting started or have been involved for a long time and see a career or a future in local politics. There's something that we can all be doing at any given time. So if you're just starting out, you can do something as engage on social media with your local officials, things like tweeting at folks, sending feedback through social media channels, um, simple to the point and just sharing your thoughts. I think is a useful way um, to engage and to get your voice out there. For other folks who might feel more comfortable doing a little bit more, something simple as listening to local council meetings, um, Googling how to find city council conversations and tuning in, like you said, like Kingsley said, e either in the shower or on your way to work, whatever it may be. And ultimately, no matter um, what level you're engaging at, making sure that none of us stop. So once you vote, don't let that be the end of you know, the way that you engage with your community. Stay plugged in and make sure that we um, are holding people accountable for the things that they promise to do in their campaigns or whatever that may be. There's a role that we can all play and I'm, I'm glad he highlighted those for us. He also really taught us how to engage in our community with a community and solution oriented mindset, which was really our overall goal too. Um, he talked about people who had competing interests that somehow managed to form a solution in Iowa City that helped the community to get new businesses underway. And that really helps everybody in the long run. And so um, he really talked about intentional ways for people to stay engaged and to hold their elected officials accountable and say, this really matters to us. Um, and this this matter to our community in your campaign. So we're going to hold you to that standard. And um, he, he, he just did a great job of forcing us to think of how, how to benefit our community more than benefiting our own interests. Yep. And there's value in staying involved, even if you are in a community for a short time or a long time, there's benefits for folks um, at the current moment and in the future. And so any level of civic engagement is an investment in communities and people and in our country really. And so anything that you can do to uh, be active about the things that you care about, find ways to stay plugged in, find people to connect with who are like-minded or who can um, advocate with you. I think that is always helpful, but be intentional about getting involved. I think we um, learned so much about it today and the value that it has. And I hope that that kind of catalyzes some action for, for us and everyone listening. Well, thank you guys for being a part. We can't wait to see you next time. Awesome.